Arbitrage Podcast, episode 186. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host, Ryan Sinitsky. Hi. Hello there. Welcome in. Welcome in. Heim. Hi. I have allergies right now because it is... Oh, that's not the corona sniffles? No, it's like newly warm outside, so everything that was like dead (laughs) is now like, wait, I'm not dead yet? And now... Springtime! Yeah, now it's... Yeah. (laughs) And That's the like, sound of a plant doing whatever it does. Splooging Histamines. Po- yeah, splooging pollen into my face. So. <laughs> Hello, plant. They all have mustaches on them, and they all look like Ron Jeremy. Oh, it's freaking Jesus. gross. I bet Ron Jeremy's been in the Murcielago before. Probably. Actually, yeah. There's a high likelihood of that. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's touch on beer first. I am drinking a Hockershore Oktoberfest Marzen. That's a good one. It's pretty skunked now. Oops. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good beer when it's not skunked. Yeah, I don't know what happened if it was temperature or light, but it's not as good as it should be. Well, I got a grain belt. Yeah, uh, Nordeast. Nordeast, which is, I'm going to tell you right now, not skunked. Good. Well, yeah, because it's in a can, and the can is in a box. Yep, not skunked. Okay, cool. Yep. Mm. Well, and before, it doesn't come from Germany, so it doesn't have like 100 years to get here. Oh, it's fine. All the air freight's being taken up by RTX 30 series cards right now, anyway. That was true. Um, so before I start in on the first topic, actually, before you start in on the first topic, I want to briefly touch on our Patreon page. Yeah. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. On this magnificent webpage, you will find two uh, tiers of open-ended support for content consumers like you to support content producers like us. Join us on either one of those levels, and we will uh, send you some swag of your choosing. Uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. Can I shout out one patron in particular? I guess. Bjorn Vic, because he <laughs> is got me the plug and some LED taillights for my Mazda. Pretty cool dude. I don't think he has koozies yet either, so we should no, probably send those. I miss him some koozies and some stickers and all sorts of goodies. Stimkers? Yeah. And I think I probably have some other crap in my car I can give him as well. So. <laughs> Here's a jack. That's very nice. Here's a Honda <laughs> Element spare tire. Yeah, just all sorts of random shit. <laughs> I'll be thrilled. Hell yeah. All right, so it looks like you've got the first yes, topic for us this yes, week. Yes, I do. Excellent. So um, it was a slow week in news. It really, really was. <laughs> like yeah. two weeks, actually. But I mean, like, I don't know what the hell happened. But anyway... Uh, well, nothing, to answer your question. Yeah, nothing quite happened. literally nothing happened. Uh, <laughs> JCCS is happening, but it's an online show, and it's just like, it, it's really like a procession of, like, YouTube car videos. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's just a playlist about Japanese cars. Very cool idea. Not a car show, but a cool idea. I think most of the reason why we're not getting much news right now is because the advertising stuff is so expensive if you're not doing political ads. Yes, so, I believe so. And nobody, nobody's paying attention. Like, Balto, when we were talking about the car community launch, he's like, I'm not going to launch it until after the election. That makes sense. Because That's the fair. ad rates are way better. I'm like, thanks for telling me, because I know I'm an investor in your company, but I also don't care. You've got it. So hopefully... I guess that's a huge tangent. Hopefully that goes well after the election, but screw these politics ads. Yes, I concur. Unless oh unless they're trying to hawk me a fly swatter. That, that's legitimately funny. That is something <laughs> I would maybe buy from a political store. That is pretty great. Anyway, um, so while I was looking around, I had to go look for some topics. And one of the topics I thought of was, what was your greatest automotive surprise? For better or worse. Just like what car surprised you the most? Uh, probably my 99 Saab 93 Vigan. Really? Yeah. Like, like good or bad? Good. Wow. I, I bought a really bad one. Yeah. <laughs> it was missing, like, gears in the transmission, but, like, I got it All running after I, yeah, after I got it out to Medina before I posted it on Craigslist just to see what kind of condition it was in. And, like, that car in 99 would have been a rocket ship. Like, it was really fast. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And it had huh. a pretty good front diff. It didn't torque steer. That's actually super cool. Yeah. I mean, and it was like, it was a cool car. It took me like 15 minutes just to start it because I forgot that Saab keys are in the center <laughs> console. But um, yeah, I guess that one surprised me for the better. Um, my 355 did too. I had never even been near a 355 before I bought one, flew out to Pittsburgh, and like, I couldn't believe how easy it was to shift, how light the steering was, how good the brakes were, how good the visibility was. Like, that car is just like, you get all these preconceived notions about 90s supercars it, it's one of those like it's actually okay to meet your heroes sort yeah of that car yeah. you could daily and it wouldn't be a problem at that's all. actually really cool i see that's the thing i actually i i um when people say don't meet your heroes <laughs> it, with an asterisk it yeah. depends every 
hero car I've ever met, mm-hmm. that I've ever been in, ever driven, ever looked at, um, they actually do exactly what I expect them to do. I've never been let down because I always go in expecting them to be a bit shit. <laughs> well, yeah, because you, you read about them and other people. I mean, it's you can get enough opinions from different people to kind of put together what it's going to be like. Yeah. Like, and so that's the thing is, like, everybody's like, don't, don't ever drive a Countach. Don't ever look, don't ever get into a Countach or anything. And, but that's the thing is, like, when, when I see a Countach, I go, the beauty of this car is how terrible it is. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. If it's a if it's a bit shit, I get what I expect. If it's actually good, I'm let down. It's an old Italian car. It's yeah, not it's gonna be gonna great suck. to drive. However, um I think my, my greatest automotive surprise um would be the R thirty two Skyline GTR. For better or worse? Better. Okay. Um because that car when I first drove one, I was expecting it to be, you know, like an like a Sienna, like it makes about the same amount of power. It's zero to sixty is about the same. Mm-hmm. It all feels about the same. The thing is with the R thirty two, the RB twenty six. As much as I like the two JZ better, the RB twenty six, you accelerate perfectly fine, and you shift it when you feel like you should shift it, and you look down, and you have another fifteen hundred RPM to go. RBs are crazy. Like, First time a, I realized how high those revved, I'm like, holy crap. It's a really good engine. Like, yeah. that's, anybody that talks shit about that engine, like... <clears throat> wrong. Like, I, like I, I will say that the 2JZ is better. I will not say the RB is a bad engine, but I will always say the 2JZ is better because it's not interference. And I definitely prefer the RB to the JZ series, straight six, but that's just because like, the, the 1 and 2J have enough fanboys on their own. That's yeah. fine. It well, doesn't really need more. Yeah. And again, the higher revving nature and the RB and like it just it, like it's reverse flow. I think from the Jay's or the, yeah the Jay Z. Yes, it's like it's super weird because the, the yeah, J the engines in, the, are like the BMW straight six. Yeah, the intake is on the yeah. right side <clears throat> versus mm-hmm. the left. Yeah, um, but that gives you flexibility in a lot of like really weird swap scenarios, especially with right hand drive cars. Yes, it does. The RBs are really good for RHD countries, and that that's actually why they're so popular in other countries. And plus, they they were in kind of everything. Just like a 2J was, but like we just never got any of them. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was the car that, me, that was the biggest like positive surprise is actually how good the R32 is. Hmm. And when people say the R32 is not worth $40,000, I promise you they've not actually driven one. That's they've never. Pretty likely, especially in this country. Because it's one of those things where it's <laughs> like an R32 GTR should cost every bit as much as like. A decent three series, like a decent modern three series, yeah, with like a manual transmission, because it is the same amount of enjoyment, and it's it just has like a cool factor off the charts. I thought the R thirty twos were RB twenty fives. RB twenty fives were in the non GTRs. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. So you get the, the if like you want to get GTS, you would have yeah, a bit twenty five. Yeah, GTS would be the cheaper one. I mean, that'd be probably the one I'd get. Yeah, that's oh, rear wheel drive FTW. Yeah. Mm. That's kind of what I like about it. Um, <laughs> but the, the GTR's got the cool wide body. Like, it, it's it's really cool. Anyway. Fine. The biggest automotive letdown, though, <laughs> the car that shocked me the most with its shittiness Shook you. was the Mazda Millennia. Hmm. Because, like, I wasn't expecting a lot. Yeah. But, like, it's a supercharged V6 that makes, like, a decent amount of power. Yeah, but Atkinson. Yeah. Or, no, Miller. Miller cycle. That's a Miller cycle. It is so bad. And, like, I was, like, really hyped when I got to drive one that was in good condition because they're always shit. And I've only driven shit once. I'm, like, always, like, having to, like, think about, is this, would this car be good if this tie rod was tight? Like, if this tie rod wasn't about ready to kill me? Like, Mm -hmm. but, um, no, I drove one and it was such a letdown. It was so gutless. It was so just blah. It was, it was a Japanese Buick. Ooh. Pass. But it's worse than a Buick Park Avenue Ultra because okay. the 3800 Supercharged actually has more balls in it. Yeah. It's worse than a 3800 Supercharged. Well, I mean, those like those inspire you into thinking that it has power. Yeah. Excuse me, power, because it has that such aggressive throttle tip and it's and a that, that's, blower. That's what I was expecting. <clears throat> I was expecting right. any sort of throttle tip in or anything at all. It was nothing. It literally it felt like a 3100 Series V6 in a Park Avenue. I mean, the supercharger's there for the same... We should call it a blower, not a supercharger yes. on that car. But, like, that's there for the same type of reason it's there on an old Detroit diesel. 
it's there just because the engine won't function without it. Yeah. And that, that's literally what it is on, on the Mazda Millennia. And it, it, it's just a means to get air into the uh, the engine because it just doesn't pump air in effectively with yeah. the Miller cycle. And I was so let down by that. It really, like, just... It actually, I remember, it in fact ruined my day. Mm. Like, it was one of those things I had to get over it. <clears throat> I've been racking my brain because I haven't driven that many cars that I've been, like, objectively mad about. Or just, like, disappointed with. And that's the thing. It really disappointed me a lot. Because, like, I've only had good experiences with Mazda. And to find a Mazda that's, like, shit. Like, it is worse than a 9626. Right. And we're not saying, like, we're not even commenting on how objectively bad the car might be. But it's something that we're not expecting to be terrible. Yeah, like, it's it's even worse. Yeah, it's like a a surprise. Like, what? Like, For me, I think the only car I've had that happen to, and this might be the example I drove, not necessarily the car, but the 2.5-liter 5-speed Z4. Really? Like, that car is really not well put together. And it, it drove quite a bit worse than its E46 counterpart. And, like, the, it have all the issues with the soft top, which I experienced all during this test drive. Oh, God. And I'm like, I'm really glad I don't own this car. And, like, that is the only time I've gotten into something. I've not, like, had something good to say about it. Like, even the Chevy Cruze loaner I had, like, four years ago and wagons got hit. Yeah. I'm like, put E85 in it. It's actually pretty spunky. Yeah. And, like, it had a great stereo. It yeah. had, it's GM, so it has heat that will blast your balls off. But, like, there's always something I come away with where, like, okay, well, at least it was good at blank. Yeah. Even the Altima that I drove, like, a year ago that Scott had as a loaner with one of the cars that got totaled. I haven't even know. But, like, I got <laughs> in it. I'm like, this sucks, but, like, it's not as bad as I was expecting. And it genuinely does do 40 MPG on the highway. Like, it has something going yeah, it's, for it. Yeah, it's got its positive qualities. But, and like, a good stereo. Like, one of these things like the z4 had none of that yeah. shit interior bad stereo horrible electronics didn't drive well no power yeah and it's like okay don't buy a 2.5 liter z4 you know i, I can also extend that to the e36 m3 because getting into that and everybody talking two-door yeah two-door sorry i should, I should specify two-door. i swear to god the interiors are made by two completely different companies honestly yes <laughs> <laughs> i think like recaro so- made the four-door interior and like they had, Rakano in yeah, China made the two-door interior. The, the same company that made, like, the 90s suburban interior yes. made the two-door yes. interior. It's the exact same everything. Such a letdown. It is I, so I drove, bad. I drove that. The last time I drove a E36 was literally, like, 2007, 8. And they were that like, bad even back then. Yeah, even back then, I was like, <laughs> I got out of a uh, gutted out CB7 Accord, and I got into that car. I'm like, I'm going to get back in my Accord. This thing sucks. <laughs> yeah, a car that I will has take, I will M3. Take, I will take no interior over this interior. <laughs> Which is why most two-door E36 M3s do not have interiors anymore. And then, then the worst part is, because uh, it, it was my cousin Nikki's friend. Okay. And because he's a kid that got an E36 M3 for his first car, it's automatic. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, so it, did, it didn't even drive well. It didn't even drive well. Like, it literally drove worse than an automatic Accord. Like, it was so worthless. A 95 Auto two-door would be a really huge bummer. Yeah. And that, seriously, like, until, <laughs> until I saw the interior on your E36 sedan, I did not get the hype. Like, I 100% did not get the hype. All right. And like, yes, I mean that car with like no care and two hundred and twenty one k. Like the interior is pretty good still. Yeah, you, like you I, slam the door and the door panel stays on it, which is cool. Yeah, and it's like, I get it, I guess. Like, like it's not a car I like, but like I get it at this point. Like you yeah, said, yeah, it's, like at thirty thirty one hundred dollars, this car makes sense. Yeah, because like, it has a great chassis and like a reasonable engine, but like in the two door, you're not getting like unless you strip it out and it's a manual and you only track it. That's fine. Yeah, that's literally the only reason you'd ever get that. And it's like everybody I know has the E36 has anything good to say about them. Mm-hmm. They're a drift car, a track car. They've got some ridiculous engine swap in them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the base car itself that they like. They like the, There's no the, positive they, about they, the interior. They, they like car. how the body looks. Yeah. Like, I get that. Okay. It's of the era. Yeah, like, it, it's a cool 90s car. I get it. I but, think in the next 10 years, the E36 M3 will be much cooler, but... It's it's not there yet. Well, I, I that's the thing is like I I'm willing to separate how a car looks from how a car is. Yeah. Because I like the Buick Riata, I like the Cadillac Elante, and they're both 
top tier hot shit. Garbage. The Oldsmobile <clears throat> Trofeo, another very cool looking car. Very, very shit. Like. Do you know what car looks great and isn't shit? Hmm. The Suzuki Kazashi, which I saw several of this week. Wow! Yeah. That's awesome. Very exciting. I sent you a picture of one yes, last Yes, you week, did. I was very excited when I saw that. Bless. That's very We've been blessed, blessed yes. by the pleasant pre- pleasance. By the pleasance. <laughs> <laughs> Presence of the Suzuki Kazashi, which everyone should go by, by the way. I uh, saw one when I was uh, in um, southwest Minnesota with Jana on mm. her archaeology thing uh, last weekend. Did you and go, wow! I didn't want... I, I wanted to really bad, but Jan was asleep in the car, and I have this <gasps> habit of scaring the shit out of her. Yeah, I, I did do an Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> but I didn't, want to, I didn't want to scare the shit out of her. All the ones I've seen uh, lately have been, like, the really high touring spec, too. I'm just like, those might, mm. those might be manuals. Yes. Oh. It's a car that... It, I really want to get. Like, that's a really, really good car. I wish I had, like, any fun project I could do with one just to, like, justify buying I one. I would just get one for a daily. Like, uh... Oh, well, yeah. For, like, a high... Like, because you, you have the Tesla for your city daily, but... No, I use it for everything. But, I mean, like, you could you could it's have a, you could have a Kazashi as, like, a road trip daily. I don't think they get quite good enough fuel economy for that. But you can go places that I don't could, have I superchargers. Sure could. You could buy one, and you could go to Montana. Wow, yeah. No, that sounds like a great plan. You can go look at some, like, horses or something and shit. It's a very good car that I recommend to a lot of people, but I have no reason to buy one. I, I understand that because I'm in the same boat, yeah. and I really want it. I, I just want somebody I know really well <laughs> to get one so I can ride in it all the time. I just really want a Kazashi in my life, and it's just like, Corey, buy a Kazashi. Where's Corey? If I ever get... <laughs> yeah, if Corey I ever... needs to buy one. He's the perfect person for a Kazashi. Is he? Yeah, well, he's got that. For which isn't a very good winter car. Well, sure it is with winter tires. Okay, well, LSD rear wheel drive that's lightweight. A, that's a good point. It's a much worse summer car than How a about Kizashi. If if I ever have a girlfriend ever again, I should buy them a Kazashi. I agree. Perfect. Yes. And then it's settled. All right. Perfect. Uh, all right. Let me move on to my topic, which is not news because there isn't any. Because, yay, politics. So I was talking with Jake B. out in Michigan. He runs Classic Daily, which is a vintage BMW restoration and modification company. All right, cool. He does a lot of 2002s, E21s, E30s. But he also does, like, LS swaps and Wagoneers and shit like that for other people. Okay, so he's cool. a versatile shop, but he likes to budget-orientedly swap stuff well. So yes. I have been friends with Jake for a long time. He and I both really like the GM Atlas in Line 6. Yes. We've been talking about swapping that into things for a long time. And then, more recently, we've been talking about the K-Series, since I had one out of the old Element, which is downstairs, which you saw today. Yes. Um, so it's a K24A4 out of an 04 Element. Okay. And my plan originally was to throw that in Brexit, my yes. 1990 E30 right-hand drive wagon. Which I think you shouldn't, because I like the engines in it now, because I like cars that try to kill me. Uh, anyway. I'm, anyway, I'm getting to that. So <laughs> it had, Brexit currently has a 8.5 to 1 compression S52, so a 98M3 turbocharged engine, and yes, you're shifting with the wrong hand, yes, and the is. transmission's in terrible shape, Perfect. and it overheats all the time, and Wonderful. it tries to kill you, and yes. it has stock brakes and stock suspension, sometimes is, which is thick. I'm not exaggerating. Literally how I plan to build my Subaru is I'm going to put LS in it, I'm going to keep the 4x140 leg pattern and the less than 10-inch tall brake rotors, because I like to party. Well, I can tell you it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, well, I've first been time. in your car. It's, okay, yeah. It is terrifying, and I love it. It's I like fun. It. Again, it's, as I said. The first couple boost pulls before it overheats is awesome. As I said, I like to party. So, <laughs> so anyway, I ended up buying locally a stock S52. So my plan now is to throw that in Brexit, sell the turbo engine off. How much and then for the turbo engine? $4,500 complete with all the transmission, drive shaft, accessories, intercooler, everything. It's actually not a bad price. Uh, it's a pretty good price. Um, but I'm going to throw that in the car. And I'm just going to leave it stock. So a stock 240 horse, 3.2 inline six. I think that'll be manageable. It shouldn't overheat. That car will be fine to drive again, but that still leaves me with my K-Series. So talking to Jake, and he sent me a picture of a like a hearing aid beige 72 2002 he had there. I'm like, I want to turn this into a race car. I'm like, well, we should put a K-Series in it. He's like, fly out. Let's make it happen. So I'm actually just going to drive out in mid-November, but we're going to spend four days out there. I already bought the uh, flywheel and adapter set to put a BMW mm-hmm. Trans on it. I bought my uh, K-Tuner through MAP, which was cool. like half the price of the next cheapest company. There you I go, I bought MAP. an 05 Element ECU, which is the only computer that will yes, work for a yeah. K24A4. That harness mm-hmm. and that application for Delete. 
but my main concern now is I think to put this in a longitudinal application, the oil pan becomes the biggest issue. Because on a K24, and even K20 in a lot of cases, they're a flat bottom steel pan. They really mm. don't have a, a jut in them at all. Oh, they don't. Oh. And the K20, like the A and the Zs, they all have a, uh, a balance shaftless oil pump because they rev higher and they make more power than the K24s. But all the CRV Element Accord engines have this massive oil pump, which takes up like three quarters of the windage tray. Jesus. And it. It kind of prevents you from modifying the pan and fitting it in front of a front subframe. So I'm right now trying to figure out if there's a way to just like delete the balance shaft off the back of this pump and retain it without pulling the front timing case. Or if I have to buy the $120 pump from Honda for I a K20 and throw have to it the Honda there. pump. Which is fine, but I don't want to have to pull the timing case because then it turns a nice, easy, cheap, fun swap into annoying. It's going to be annoying. Yeah, you have well, an annoying fine. engine. It is an annoying engine, but I do like it. And there's going to well, be something very satisfying about having the old toaster engine in the O2. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. So that's going to go into Jake's O2 or yours? Mine. But yours. we're going to do all the mounts in his car. And then he's going to send me home with a set, and then he's going to market them. So That's tremendous. But we're going to figure out, like, the intake's a big problem because it faces the wrong way. Um, but it's a two-piece, so I think if we can kind of cut the flange off and spin it around. Actually, um, Skunk 2 Racing actually makes too expensive. a... Too They make a... Um, an intake that a flippy around yeah thing? flippy around thing but it's also designed so you can put in an unlimited amount of spacers into it hmm. so that that's what it is it's a tunable intake manifold that skunk 2 made so you can actually get that flip the intake around and then put spacers in if you want but to if put I in, flipped it with this one it would end up through the hood yeah no not this one i'm talking about so like the skunk 2 one you have your bracket where it bolts yeah, the to the plenum that. can flip the on that one. yeah the plenum can flip it's a 600 dollar intake yeah that makes the swap not cheaper fun i know but i'm just saying for other people yeah. that are considering doing a k-series swap and a, a, a rear-wheel drive platform of any sort that's what the k-tuned kit is which is k-miata yeah actually a, i should i should <laughs> say an intake a k-series swap in any vehicle other than a longitudinal rear engine vehicle yeah, pr pretty much like all the Miata S2000, E30, and E10 people are in the same boat. And yeah. kits exist for these, but they're $4,500, which is way too much money for what it is. So, and of course, they all require the K20 pump. So my intent with Jake is to go out and make a set of mounts, at least for the O2, probably for an E30 as well. And then, more importantly, figure out the intake situation so you can reuse or yeah. at least lightly modify a stock intake so you don't have to change anything. Well, you can also run intakes <clears throat> off other uh, K-series as well. Yeah, but they all face the wrong way. Yeah, but, I mean, instead of pointing straight up or straight down, mm -hmm. I think they have ones that just go straight sideways. They do. Yeah, yeah. you could run a... Uh, I think RSX. Yeah, the yeah, RSX I think, I think that's, a, that's like the RRK or something. But again, at that point, you're spending more than you would modifying a core intake manifold for a K24. You probably make point, better yeah. power on that. You, you could, and I think... And also, the K24 intake manifold is tuned to make more torque. Mm -hmm. I think if you're trying to put this into something like a Miata or a... Uh, 2002 having more throttle yeah, response people is more important. Power. They're yeah. lightly building their engines and they're making any power for well, me. I don't. And care. It's it's not even about power. It's about throttle response because the shorter runners give you a, a much more immediate, uh, you know, response. Sure. So it's less time from the time it enters the intake to. Which is weird because like the F20C really likes intake length. Yeah. And the weird. K K series doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't. Weird. <laughs> I have no idea. No clue at all. <laughs> but either way, that's where I'm going mid-November. I didn't have any other topics, so I figured we'd talk about that That's briefly, actually super but... cool. Um, I'm really excited to see that, and I'm excited to see that the K-Series is going to have like mounts for BMWs and stuff, because most of the reason why I don't want a 2002 is I don't want to have to deal with like finding an entire new source of parts or everything. Like That's my main issue. I feel pretty bad about abandoning the M10 that's in there, especially with how much money I spent on that engine harness. But uh, after plugging the computer in and not getting any response from any sensor, I'm like pretty demoralized there. So yeah, maybe I'll throw it. something else in here. Yeah. So I'll, it I'll would keep be it around, a great boat anchor. God. Well, it's the original engine in trans. I'm like, I really wanted to save it. Well, you can always keep the original engine I'm in trans. I'm going to, but... <laughs> Still, just like, what the hell? Also, nobody's going to care. No, nobody's going to care. It's going to be way better, and this is an aluminum engine versus cast iron. Like, it's going to just be way better. It's like with like with Miatas, people always are like, it's got the original engine. It's got all, all the numbers matching. And I'm like, you know, LS swap pulls twice the amount of money as the original engine does in a Miata. Because uh -huh. if you get an aluminum LS, it weighs as much as a stock engine and makes, like, three times as much power. Yeah, the O2, it does matter, but on a Miata where they made 10 trillion of them and they're all whatever. Doesn't also, matter. yours is a super low production number, too. Yeah, it's a super low production, 
It's, but I mean, like, if you were modifying it anyway, it's like... If I had a 74 square tail, screw it. Who cares? Oh, there's a vagrant walking in. Oh, weird. Lock the door. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't. I don't have the hub anymore. I left that at home. And the door's open. Oh. Oh, literally, it is not closed it at is all. literally open, yes. All right, well... Now, <clears throat> anyway, I've got some great news. Is it the Dacia Sandero? No. Oh. There is apparently going to be a new BRZ. A BRZ. And it looks suspiciously like a BMW M4. Oh, <laughs> if you really? scroll down, yeah, it looks really hmm. shit. See what I mean? That's it right there. Oh, that's that's all they got? That's the one photo. That, it's yeah. a teaser. It, it looks, looks like, like a, it looks like a BMW. Kinda, yeah. It's got that scallop on the side in the fender. Yeah, it's got like the it's got the weird like rising belt line and like the tall the Hoffmeister kink. Yeah, like it just it, that's a BMW. It yeah, it, with the, it's a BMW with a Subaru engine. So is it actually a, a BMW platform? Car? I don't know, but I mean. It wouldn't surprise me. I because. mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Toyota already made a car with a BMW engine. Mine's all make a car just is a BMW. This is just a two series coupe. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, two series, not four series. <laughs> and it's got like a flat. It's got a Subaru flat four in it. So well, it, actually, that's better news these days than it was a while ago because BMW's four cylinders way worse. Yes. Uh, however, now you get to have BMW electrical problems, modern BMW electrical problems, which I'm sure there'll be plenty of because they are probably cutting corners and stuff. And then you also get to have Subaru reliability, which is the best of both worlds. What the hell is happening to cars, man? It used to, like, you get these joint ventures and amazing things happen. The Listen, there's, e- there's a reason that every year we are making the Mitsubishi Mirage car of the year. Because <laughs> everything else sucks. Well, yeah, the G70 is automatic only now. Although, did you see that they're coming out with a uh, wagon version of that? That's automatic. I know. I didn't care. It's gorgeous, but, but yeah, it is it, it, it is it is a wagon, which is cool. But well, I mean, it's like the cross or the tour X. Like we still care about that. A I'm little excited bit. for it. I just don't want to go out. Of, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want one. But I'm if glad it was manual, I'd buy it. Yeah, and like that's so. Ugh. I know why they did it because they changed the engine and they didn't want to federalize and engineer a manual for it. But like, do that. Like, did you not learn from the G70? Actually, no, they didn't, because the dealers didn't allocate any of them. Yes. And the people that bought them had to buy them, like, order them from the factory. Yeah, you had, it was, they make it a huge pain in the ass. It's just like when we first started getting diesels in non-commercial vehicles here. Like, oh, well, nobody bought it. It's like, motherfucker, because you put it as a $10,000 option in the top trim level only yeah. of your $40,000 Jeep Cherokee that made it seventy-five grand. To get, no shit. To get an engine that is it. actually worse, yeah. Well, the VM Matori diesel was fine. Well, I mean, no like, as opposed to, like, uh, as opposed to, like, a Hemi. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. And like the, you, you run the numbers and like the amount, the, the tens of thousands of miles you would have to do at 10 mpg with your Hemi to make up the difference. Yeah. to buy the diesel, doesn't work. Yeah, it really doesn't. And I think that's kind of what my issue is. is it, you know, a lot of people are like, "Well, you should buy these cars because they did they did the thing that you wanted them to do." And it's like they didn't though. Well, yeah, and so it's like with like Toyota, like they made the Supra, and they're like you should buy the Supra, you should be a fan of the Supra. I'm like I shouldn't do shit because they made it on Mac, it made it on Mac only, and they made a BMW. They they cheaped out on it. Like there's nothing wrong with uh, the BMW engine, but it's the fact that it's they automatic. it's automatic. Automatic. It it is not a two plus two. Oh yeah, what the hell? I know, and it's literally not even a Toyota. So I don't really care about that, but the other but I mean, two things no, I that, do that, care no, about. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like it's just one of those things. It's like I'm not going to be a fanboy of it because you didn't put in any effort, and that's like my issue. So like with this, it looks like they're really not putting in a lot of effort, and I'm probably not going to be much of a fanboy of it. Right, especially if it's not actually like the original joint venture car between Toyota and Subaru. Kind of cool, actually. Kind of worked pretty well. Yeah. It was I mean, actually really great. I would have had Subaru design the car a little bit more and probably put a Toyota engine in it because... Well, then it would just look like a foot and be very reliable. Yeah. So it basically be a Solara. It'd be a rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel drive actually, manual Solara. <clears throat> that sounds like a perfect vehicle. Perfect. <laughs> I'm just lie. saying it would have been a better car had it yes. had a, like a GRMN 1.8 supercharging yeah. in it. Uh, it, but anyway, this has, I think, uh, 215 horsepower, so it's still going to be the... So they're upping it a little bit. A little bit. It's still going to be the It's still gonna be the hard top equivalent of a Miata. So it's be the Miata for a family man, basically. Is this still an FA20, or are they doing something new now? 2.4. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, hopefully it makes a much better torque then, because that's only 15 horse I know. come up for I know. almost a half a liter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Does this still have the uh, integrated oil pump in the front case? I have no idea. Okay. Cool. But I'm sure that it will. They'll probably do something terrible along those lines. I mean, so it still Subaru. has a Subaru engine in it. So. Yeah. 
I so like the wheels. I, the wheels look good. You know, yeah. I, I think I'm going to still continue to be excited about the 400Z because that one actually sounds kind of cool. It looks a little wonky, but at least it has uh, some intent behind it. Yeah, and they actually did the thing I wanted where they made a modern Z with a manual transmission that looks better and isn't much heavier. It does look better than the 370. It's pretty hard to argue with that. The only thing I'd be I'm annoyed with is the fact they don't call it the 300ZT. Because of turbo? Well, because the number in the Z cars has always been the displacement. Okay. And on this one, it's not. It's the only one where it was not the displacement. Ah, so they're pulling a BMW. Mm-hmm. No, actually, no, they're pulling uh, a Mercedes. Mercedes, we're just yeah. making random numbers. That's a random number. It's but heritage. See, is, but see, this is the thing: is <laughs> this is the company that owns Infinity. So yeah. it's a very, it's a very slippery slope before you just start having everything be called Q. Oh no. Yeah, so oh, I'm afraid no. that they might just start calling all their cars Z. And now nobody knows what's going on. So, so like, I, I've got a. Oh God! Yeah, I'm not even. No, I'm not even gonna say it. The one, the one eighty, the one eighty Z. What is that? It's a Sentra. The one eighty ZQ. <laughs> what is that? I'm like, oh, that's our. That's a Nissan Kicks. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Does that mean we're getting a Kicks? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> just awful. So, anyway, I'm, I'm, yeah, this is a new BRZ. I'm gonna leave it at that. Cool. Um, so. Full Star 2. I was down here probably three weeks ago at the studio, and my parents are actually down here having dinner with me, and my mother was starting to ask questions about what she should look at next for a new vehicle. What's she driving now? She drives a 2016 BMW F31 328D M Sport. That's a really good car. Really awesome. That's a diesel... F30 station wagon with all of the factory. Can you buy that from her? Yeah, she hasn't depreciated it enough where I really can yet, but I'm hoping she keeps it until it is. I really think that because I could manual swap that. Yeah, that that is something that you should keep in your stable cars. It belongs here. But I told her to not sell it because it's still the best thing. Um, It really is. Yeah. However, I say that to use as a segue because I did pull up a couple videos on the Polestar 2. Because if I were to recommend a new vehicle to her right now, and it wasn't a Model 3 performance, which it wouldn't be, it would be this vehicle. Reasons being, the range is almost as good. These with the performance pack have awesome Brembo brakes and old dampers and stuff. The interior is actually good. But there's a catastrophic issue that I imagine you're getting to. Oh, it's, it's based on an XC40. That's a pretty big issue, too. But, it, I mean, it looks good. It's got, again, this is the best interior in EV right now. Yes. For sure, because it's a Volvo subsidiary. The main problem is, although they have delivered about 2,500 of these cars to customers. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Uh, all of them are actually currently not yes, in the hands are. of yes, customers. because they're all recalled. I actually read about this before you put this up here. <laughs> so... To say, it's a uh, catastrophic uh, issue. Yeah, so apparently, to. Uh, I think it's A123S that makes the cell packs for these things. And apparently they have a couple uh, from a batch that were a little worrying. And they ended up in the middle of all of these Polestar 2 cells. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't know if any of them are bad or if some of them are, if none of them However, are. However, good involved for taking care of that. Because it was, full, if it was yeah. Ford, Ford would just eat it. There's no problem. What problem? No problem. Was there? Fine. No problem. No, it's isolated. Hmm. That was that one pack. Yeah. This one caught on fire yesterday. Yeah, it's not. It's fine. The front fell off. Push money. <laughs> well, clearly, they, that one was designed so the front wouldn't come off. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, these are all currently either scheduled to not be in the hands of or not in the hands of the journalists or people that have ordered them, which is a bummer. But like you said, at least they're taking care of it ahead of time. And with only 2,500 units, it's really probably not the end of the world. I'm sure they can get packs for them. You know, I'm trying to think of another car that actually be a good car for your mom. That's... As good of a vehicle as the diesel would be? It's hard. I, I really do think the next thing she buys needs to be electric, but beyond that... Yeah. I, I think for your mom, like, that'd be a really good car. Cause Honestly, she, the G70 wagon might make some sense. But but yeah, yeah I, I think your, your mom... your mom Because think, your, your parents, they aren't as married to brand as other people mm-hmm. are. They like, a, they like a car for its merits. Yeah, and she's retired now, so she's not doing 100 miles a day commute. Yeah, so yeah I, th- that I think that would be a, I think that'd be a very good um, car would be the G70 wagon. I was going to say um, another good one would be maybe a Jag of some sort. Yeah. In fact, we'll talk about one. I think it's in the next episode. Your, but your parents remind me of Jag people. Like, not say anything rude or anything, but I mean, like, people... They don't have enough time to service those things. Well, no, I mean, like, I'd say they, they remind me of Jag people in that people that like Jaguars like a car based on its merits mm-hmm. and how it actually drives and how comfortable it is. 
and but it's still a card that's very very capable. I think so too. And that's my mom especially. I, that's I think like my dad's a Mercedes guy. Yeah, because he doesn't care about steering. Yeah, and my so mom does. And yeah, and so I think like when I think of your mom, I'm like yeah, like a Jaguar like XF like would be a like if she didn't get that BMW An like X- that would XE Sport Brake would yeah, be pretty good. Yeah, something like that. So I think that would be. Something that would be more along their, along her lines. A car that doesn't actually exist here, but I think she would actually be interested in the C sixty three S. Yes, that would be a perfect because it's for her. a small enough car for her. Because the E sixty three S is a great car, but just way overkill. Another car that re- reminds me of something your mother would have liked mm-hmm. when we were in high school: that Jaguar um, XJ Diesel, that Jeremy Clarkson with oh, thousand yeah. miles in. Yep, that one would be another. Your mom I cannot car. picture her driving a beige XJ. Well, not not beige, but I would right. imagine like an XJ. Get it in um, liquid silver with the diesel. I get British racing green. Are you kidding me? I, th- I think wheels. I think you're yes. I mean no, the mm. five spoke um, Sabers, the nineteen inch Saber. They're fat five spoke wheels. Oh yeah, yeah. Those They'd look, really look perfect yeah. on it, especially in British racing green mm-hmm. or in liquid silver. With the diesel yeah. would be a perfect car yep. for your mother. That turned out to be a really good engine too. They lucked out on that. Yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> That was the Sabine Schmidt's Jaguar diesel yes, lab thing, yeah. too, I think, yeah. And that was the one, I think Clarkson did a uh, a, a range test. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. He did a 1,000 miles. It's like, a, in one run out, guess. cough, cough. <laughs> they examined the tank when I arrived, and I had enough fuel to do another 270 <laughs> miles. God, what a great car. <laughs> also, Jag. that was the first car I ever wrote for Brand Trailer hmm. that uh, blew away its competition. My, that was my first record-breaking car that I wrote for Brand Trailer. Was it? Uh, XJ, that same year, not a diesel. It's a oh, petrol, yeah, but it's 6,000 miles. Yeah, and we didn't get a diesel here. It was only outsold by mm-hmm. a numbers-matching XJ Coupe manual hmm. from, like, the 70s. Very cool. Yeah. Um, now, anyway. Yeah, that generation of XJ is super cool. Speaking of Polestars and Volvos, mm-hmm. um, I also want to talk about EVs because, yes, you? I've decided to talk about EVs. Uh, anyway. Okay. I'm sure you've heard about the uh, Tesla engine swap that bolts into the space of the uh, GM small block. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we talked about a company that's actually doing one that looks like a crate V8 too, so but this th- one's a little This different. one is literally just a Tesla mm-hmm. motor. Yep. It's literally just an engine swap kit for a Tesla swap Correct. into anything with a V8. Yep. Now, I want to talk about what is a the perfect vehicle to put this into because it fits the space of an American V8 and it needs to be something where the car is let down by the engine. Okay. So there's a lot of cars where it's like the engine makes the car. Like obviously you would not put this into like a 440 Polara because like that engine makes the car special. Um, However, I think this would be a perfect swap into something like a, 1965 Mercury Montclair. That is an oddly specific. You haven't picked a year. Yes, it did. Okay, why? So my friend Gunch actually owns uh, the Monterey, which is a higher, um, sta- the that's higher version. So we actually mine's a, mine's a link that I put in the. Notes. Oh, you put a link to the. Yeah, that's why it's blue because there's a link. Oh. Perfect. So now you can see exactly the car I'm talking about and the price. When it loads, yeah, we so will see it. When it does decide to load, um, they are quite cheap. Uh, because they are one year outside of Back to the 50s. Oh, range. wow, that's gross. Also, look, <laughs> it's it is, giving me an image smaller than the size of my iPhone SE yeah. on a 1080p screen. Yes. There is something wrong with the world right now. So anyway, you can, you can Google if you want to see another photo of it. This is the specific one I would get. But uh, these cars are massive. Like, they are really something. They are bigger than an S-Class. They are so unbelievably big. Wow, that's... I mean, a lot of well, cars... Look at it compared to that C10. It dwarfs <laughs> that C10. But I bet they're not heavy. Uh, not, no, they are. They're actually oh, okay. extremely heavy. Because that uh, front bumper mm-hmm. is probably about a... Just about... Just shy of an eighth of an inch thick. This looks like if you tried to describe a Lincoln Continental from 60, the 60s to yeah. somebody as and they were... Drive, this is a, a police sketch. Yeah, pretty much. Of a Lincoln Continental um, from the 60s. And... I'm gonna say this car is just as awesome as you think. The rear it window, looks pretty good. The rear window rolls down. The the back glass, yeah, rolls down. How it looks like it's curved. It's a, uh, on that one it is, but on the actual the one that I showed you, the back glass you have a button. It's a power window. It rolls it down in the back. See that? 
Oh God! It's oh, that so looks so cool. terrible. It looks like a what's the Harry Potter Ford? Oh, the Ford the Anglia? Anglia. It looks like an Anglia rear it's end. It's super cool though. Look at the side pipes on this thing too. Yeah, what the car's the perfect. That thing's awesome. Actually, I'd, I'd have a hard time pulling that engine out because I'd want to keep that. What is it? A four sixty? It's a yeah. It's a Ford FE, so it's a four sixty. Good engine, but it's one of those cars. Yeah, they're worth money though, so you can get some money back. Yeah, and that's the thing is that Ford FE, um, good engine would be better in any other platform. Yeah. Yes. And so some of those things where I don't think it's that the engine lets down the car, it's the car lets down the engine. And so that okay. car that car would be perfect with a Tesla slop because it'd actually be like bonkers fast. Mm-hmm. Like it, it would be silent bias ply obliteration. Yeah. That would be perfect. And then now you have an FE that you can put into something that doesn't have an FE. So perhaps you have found yourself a early, late 40s Ford that somebody has mistakenly taken the flathead out of. Well, now instead of spending the value of the vehicle to find a matching engine, yeah. you now have a very good uh, pushrod V8 that can just go right in and isn't a small block Chevy. So that would be a very that it, it, that I think that car it would serve dual purposes. You have a great engine and now you have a perfect car and plenty of room to mount batteries and a roll down back window. Which that I would not order that car with that option because of how ugly it makes the oh, back window. So perfect. The whole car is ugly. You re- but really, the other one I looked at on Google, this but, one here looked really good. But that's the thing is I like to roll down the back window because the rest of the car is kind of a foot, and I really just want to like kind of keep it moving forward. Otherwise, you're putting a, you're putting a skirt on a pig if you get the nice if you get the nice roof line. I mean, so, it is brown. Yeah, like this car, it needs that roll down back window, and it's so mid century looking. Look at that. I don't like it. That car would look perfect in front of a Frank Lloyd Wright house. I don't like it. And with a, the EV swap, oh my God, it'd be great. It'd upset everyone. And the beautiful thing is it's one year outside of back to the 50s like era, so you're not... <laughs> like, makes it completely worthless. It's totally worthless. <laughs> Nobody wants that car. <laughs> it is such a cool car. It is a great cheap car. So, you, you have a point. Yeah, that would be a perfect you car for that swap. So what would your choice be um well I, I put my choice in this afternoon but i'm not sure if it would work just because of they on this ev west conversion set they have here it has a drive shaft yoke on it mm-hmm. and i would need to have a different gearbox on the end of it but i put a chevrolet corvair because they're very light they're actually pretty decent but like the flat six yeah air-cooled engine just didn't make any power yeah um, that would actually be of kind the of a era. If that came with a transaxle, that'd be perfect. And I think it could. Because, I mean, all this is, it's a performance early drive unit that they've just manufactured a gear case for. Yeah. That's all it is. Because the inverter's on the front there, the motor's in the middle, and then the rear is the gear case. And so. the early Corvairs, they had a two-speed power glide in them. Mm-hmm. So you can actually hold a lot of power on them. Mm-hmm. So you can actually leave the stock transmission in there. I and since it's a two-speed, yes. but since it's a two-speed, though, you're not going to have to deal with the whole, like, all the gears and everything and unnecessary driveline loss. You have... That a, is what the Porsche Taycan should have been. Yeah. It should have been a... Should be a power glide. Yeah, that's exactly what it needs. A power glide's the only reasonable transmission. I was playing... <laughs> I was actually playing out of, out of motion last night, and... I had to make a car with automatics as making a family car, and I already made the performance family car for the family performance class, and just making a normal one so I can sell some units. And I had to make an automatic, and I made a two-speed power glide. Very good. Perfect. Very good. And I geared it to go like 200 miles an hour, oh, God. and I put like a 70-horsepower four-cylinder in front of it, and it is fine. <laughs> okay, that's pretty great. I, I, I like that. And I, the, I don't think I've done anything quite that dumb in automation, but the the beautiful thing is when a when the pony cars became available in 1960 in that game mm-hmm. or 1955 in that game, I immediately redesigned the car. I just put a V8 in it, left everything else the exact same. It took me a year to get production started for it. So I had a car, I had a, I had a muscle car going by 1956. It was perfect. It was very shit. But people bought it in droves. Excellent. And since it broke a lot, people bought even more. I forgot that that game had like a career mode in it. I only play career mode. <laughs> I've only done sandbox just to like test out engine dyno stuff and look at physics. But um, yeah, that, that's what I would do. I, I kind of feel bad for essentially breaking the rules, but I know it could be done. So that's what I'm going to say. Well, if you, let's say that didn't have, you couldn't put in a different transmission. What would you put in that? Chevrolet Monza. 
like the like a seventies one. Oh, it's the the Monza car, not the not the Corvair Monza. Correct. Because both of your vehicles had Monza in the name. Correct. And neither of them made in Italy. Correct. Really not. An Intermechanica Italia would be another good one. Oh, I wish the Alante was rear-wheel drive. Today's your lucky day. Even though it's not rear-wheel drive, <laughs> literally the entire chassis was made to be rear-wheel drive. Oh, so there is a tunnel that never is designed mind. in there. Cadillac Alante. Perfect. Because <laughs> that car is literally designed. They made that... <clears throat> After they designed the car and oh, everything. Oh, so it's like a legend. Yeah. It, the car was designed entirely. That and the Buick Riata at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah. They were going to be rear-wheel drive. And huh. then Bean Counters, like, I'm not even exaggerating, a year before they launched, were like, this is going to be front-wheel drive. And ruined it. Of course. Yes. Because that's how GM works. And they didn't even put the North Star in it the first year either. They put that hot trash 4500 or the 4100 HT, whatever it was. They managed to make an aluminum pushrod V8 extremely unreliable. See, it's the thing. And not power. You, you get very excited over aluminum. When I've just been so jaded by all these shit aluminum engines that I see aluminum, I'm like, that's going to be a bit shit. The Honda K series and the LS. Well, that's the thing. Is there, there are good ones, but I'm just, I'm so, it's so often that they're just garbage. I'm just like, I do get excited now when I see an iron block in a modern car. I'm like, really? Yeah, like, huh. that's the thing. It's like, I see an iron block, I'm like, that's going to hold boost. I see an aluminum thing, I'm like, that's probably going to be a bit shit. Because, yeah, you're right, aluminum can be better, but very often it is much worse. Yeah, they, they build it for weight and efficiency. They don't build it to the same spec. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, if you build an aluminum engine to spec, it will be better. But it's just, whenever I see aluminum in an engine, I'm like, it's probably going to suck. An aluminum block is actually stronger than an iron block if it's done exactly. regularly. If it's, but, but I mean, like, iron block is just dumb. Yeah, like, it, just it's like, dumb and it's hard to make it bad. Yep. So yes, that, that's correct. why when I see iron black, I'm like, this is probably Yeah, you don't have fine. to worry about your composition of the metal that goes into it. It's no. just like, yeah, is that iron? Yeah, it's pig iron. Yeah, it's like... Cool. Is that Geo- a Viper? Mm-hmm. The Geometro three-cylinder? Yeah. That's the engine you want because it's such a thick, stupid iron block. <laughs> it just holds unlimited... You just weld the wastegate shut on that, and it's fine. And it'll well, you have to put power. a turbo on it first, but yes. Yeah, but that's what I mean. So you put a turbo on it, you just weld the wastegate shut, and you'll be fine. It won't break. Oof. Yeah, it's great. I don't know if I would turbo a Geo Metro, but maybe. It was a thing, like, back in, like, the early 2000s, people would take them, and they'd put, like, just DSM turbos on them, and they just, like, keep going bigger and bigger, and eventually just, like, whole sets from, like, Cummins. And just How long would that take to spool? Uh, I think that engine's not interfering, so you just kind of go until you have valve float. Okay. <laughs> just blow through all your boost. Yeah. Probably keep the combustion chamber nice and cold. Probably. <laughs> 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 end up just fuel shooting out the exhaust. But I remember seeing like a, like sport compact car. They always had like a Geo Metro like somewhere in the readers' rides, and there it was like ridiculous things. It's like gigantic turbo. It's like I've got fuel injectors from a boat. It's just like my turbocharger came off of an airplane. It's just ridiculous things. That's the like, best kind of swap. How much horsepower you make? And they're like two hundred and eighty. It's just like Jesus Christ. I can't believe the transaxle would hold that. I imagine it would probably just blow the tires off the car. Probably, and but you just... have to dyno it to, you know, get a registered number. Just put it in fifth gear and just oh, call it a day. You're never going to build the boost if you do that. That's what I'm getting at. All right, all right. One Damn. last topic on this episode before we do the next one. But you, uh, you probably haven't seen the newest style Land Cruiser on the road if you live here in North America. But they do still sell it, uh, except not anymore. Now it's done, actually, now. Yes. I knew this. Um, and there's a reason why. Because nobody buys it? Because it starts at $100,000. Yeah. And at that point, you buy the Lexus LX, which is what people do, according to this. Yes. So I get it. But, like, let's be honest. If you needed to have a full-frame, full-body Toyota, you buy a Land Cruiser because you don't live in Edina. If you're going to buy a full-frame, full-body truck, period, you're going to get a Land Cruiser. Like, I can't think of another truck that I'd want to get right now. Yeah, I mean, like, you look at the 5th Gen 4Runner, it's a good truck, but it doesn't have diff It's locks, not the same. And it doesn't have the articulation, and, like, I'm not going to buy a Jeep, because I have, you know, regular motivations in life. Yeah, because you don't, you don't smell, like, whey protein powder and Axe body spray. And I don't want my car to look like it's about to shit itself. Yeah. 
and you don't want to have a G-Wagon because they just put on independent front suspension for the first time, which means it'll take them another 20 years to figure it out to make sure it doesn't break all the time, be as yep. reliable as the original solid axle Let's was. be honest, the G-Wagon now is just for footballers. Yeah. Whereas this has been footballers for a, for a mm-hmm. long time, but they've sorted everything out. Mm-hmm. So Their combination hasn't changed here. I still would get a GX460, though. Not going to lie. It's a Why? little bit smaller. It doesn't have diff locks. Yes, it does. You can get options. It's an option on it. That's how I like about the GX. Hmm. Like a lot of, so, so you can't get that on the Forerunner, right? But you can on the GX. I think you can. I think it's optional on the Forerunner as I mean, well. You can get like a center diff and a rear, but like I'm pretty sure you can't get a front diff lock in either one of those. I do know at least the older ones you could, because that's all. A lot of people hmm. would uh, get GXs and LXs. Like, so if you ever look at those and you see like a GX that's like twelve thousand dollars, and every other one in the world is like six. It's because it's got it has diff that locks. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like. So I was actually looking for one for Jana. It's like, I want to get the one with the diff locks. And it, and it was like, seriously, like, not quite double the price, but damn near. You got to be able to retrofit that shit. It's worth it, but it's just like, well, it's all electric and everything. It's just, yeah. I just, I, I want to get in it and go. Fine. You so. just get some worn auto lockers for it and call it good. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Going around a cloverleaf. <laughs> what was that? Well, the, the hub's locked. <laughs> <laughs> it thought it was slipping. All right. Well, anyway, so the uh, the Land Cruiser is no longer for sale in America. Bye-bye, North just, America. Just you can still buy an LX. But. No, you're fine. Like, it's just the name. Yep. Just go rebadge LX. Pretty much. Yeah, just a JDM or USDM badge. and JDM badge, I mean. a USDM yeah. LX. That's the one. Yeah. Actually, you know what that would be? That would be a very fun project that doesn't void a warranty. Yeah, the, I don't think you have to swap. Well, you might have to swap bumpers. I don't think so. Okay. It's just badges, but like you have to get like the different grill. You have to hunt. The, you have to. It's kind of fun because you have to like hunt the sure. stuff down. It's just so. like that Japanese four-cylinder Highlander, whatever yeah. the fun name of that was. The um, Clugger. Clugger. <laughs> ah, the good old Toyota Clugger. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.